The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented proudly by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process, briggsauction.com, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged and stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe and me and Mike. All on the Corner 3 newsletter. Subscribe at rightstrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. While you're there, you can subscribe to everybody else too. MOC and AU and the Danny. And you get everything emailed to you. On the show today, it is the All-Star break. We made it. Yet another All-Star break. The 11th in the history of the Ricky. The Sixers are the five seed. Most of the starters don't even play anymore. And we will talk about that. We have some post-trade deadline rumors. As it seems, Daryl Morey tried to trade for LeBron, KD, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal all in one day. And finally, it has been a while, but for the Ricky diehards, a brand new Chip Mitchell email. I mentioned stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Now, I don't drink during the week anymore, but here is my rocks glass, my stateside Urban Craft, the playoff one. You remember that playoff motherfucker glass we did? Love stateside, huge partner of the Ricky. Now, as I've mentioned, I like drinking the vodka straight. I drink it straight. People seem to love Surfside. Surfside is great. I am more of the vodka type, but people love Surfside iced tea and vodka. They love it because it tastes better than anything in its class. In fact, I am proclaiming nothing is in its class. Surfside iced tea and vodka, Surfside peach tea and vodka, Surfside iced tea lemonade and vodka, Surfside lemonade and vodka. You should have a four pack in your fridge. You should have a variety pack in your fridge. Go to statesidevodka.com to order and you got to be 21. And a very special, even though we're a daylight, Valentine's Day message to Mike. Not this Mike, not the Mike from the pod, different Mike. Hmm. This comes from Tony. Tony emails us. She says, I hadn't watched a single basketball game until I met Mike six years ago. Now I know in-depth franchise history, and so does our son, who is one. He started hearing about the Sixers in the delivery room when Mike wasted no time catching him up on the process. Now his favorite toy is Franklin the dog, and his ball handling is improving every day. Mike is the best dad and partner we could have ever asked for, if I do say so myself. An amazing ambassador for the Sixers. Happy Valentine's Day from Tony. And it is a day late, but she said all of her gifts are a day late. So happy Valentine's Day, Mike. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has a very big reveal for everyone. That is one, 
Mike Levin. All right, CJ, come on for this part. <laughs> Here we go. Let's All right. do it. This is big. This is big. Now you got to be watching it. You got to be watching it. So if you're listening right now, hold on. I'm just going to give everyone a second who's just listening. If you're listening, go to Spotify or YouTube for, whoa, what is this? Up up close enough. Up close. Okay. Super close. Okay. All right. (laughs) Here it is for an audio medium. It's not just audio though. Oh! A better camera. Bang. Slightly better camera. Slightly better. A lot of... Gear for a slightly better picture. It's not slightly better. Here we are. It's noticeably better. Well, let's see. We'll wait to see if the if what the viewers think if they like more seeing more of my face or camera is like eight hundred dollars. It better be better. CJ, you think it's much better, don't you? Yeah, and if you don't like it now, we'll fine tune it and it will improve because there's some (laughs) there's some things we gotta tweak a little bit. CJ, just fly out here and and fix it. Sure thing. Here we go. Uh, now I'm this. Now there this we is go. me. You know what this reminds me of? When, when I was going through, when we did Ricky X, the 10-year anniversary, and I was going through all the old pods, going through your, I mean, both of our mics, but going through your specific mic evolution. Progression, yeah. It was, yeah. A, it was a real evolution. From the phone. The first year was the phone. Then the headset mics. You remember the headset mics? The video game headset mics? Yeah, yep. of course. And here we are. Here we are. With now, expensive mics. Expensive mic, this camera. I'm streaming like I'm selling uh, friggin' cables at from my home basement. I got various different, a lot of holding it up to here. There's a, a an item I can press to change the focus. It's too much stuff. I fucking, I just, I think film school was a long time ago, Spike. This is so a lot I of, didn't go to film school and I set up my camera just fine. Yeah, but I didn't want to do it. I was, com- I was... Cranky baby the whole time. CJ had to calm me down. CJ, I think my camera looks better than Mike's. Yeah, I, I think we, we have some tweaks that we need to do. Okay. But we'll, All right. we'll work on it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Figure here we out. are. We hit the, the what's it called? The all-star break. The Sixers beat the Cavs. A nice little win right there. Happy little win against the Cavs. Nice little effort. Against the Heat, I would say, you know, the Heat missing their best player, Sixers missing their best player, the Sixers also missing three other starters. I don't know. It was a, I was not, it was a loss, but it didn't, it didn't bum me out too much. It was a good B-ball Paul game against the Heat. You know, we saw, we've seen high usage Buddy Heald. We've seen center KJ Martin. (laughs) You know, he hit rim on a three, which was nice. So. Made one. Regular Ricky Council minutes. I don't know, uh, a couple of, after a very uninspiring six or seven game stretch, the two games going into the break made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of can't blame them for anything right now. Like, so much of the team is not there. Like, it is a startling amount of, of literally one starter for the last, you know, three weeks, basically, whether it was Maxi or Tobias, it's basically been it. Um, but some good fight and buddy looks great, man. Buddy looks awesome. The the thing that I was like, the thing that I was so excited about was how much shooting gravity he has. And I noted, I think when we, when we got him, like he is a better ball handler and passer than this kind of guy usually is. And he's not got so much burst, but because of the shot being so good, 
it really, and so quick with it. And he doesn't even have to jump that much for it. It's really just so smooth and up and in. Like he really makes you pay so quick that he can really get by guys very easily because of how worried they are about the shot. And he's just like making it work. Really nice finishes with the left I really like. And I mean, the last is four games here. Six assists, six assists, eight assists, 10 assists. Like that's crazy. That takes such a load off of Maxi, And you really like haven't seen even scratching the surface of how how dangerous this team is going to be and how dangerous Buddy will be once Joel gets back. That is really the the reason they get him is because of how good he is with he'll be with Joe Joel. So I'm happy with that. I, I I was excited about the Buddy Heel thing, and so far it's been it's been even better than I could have guessed. Yeah, the the ball handling has been fine. Obviously, he will be better when he's doing less of that. It is the passing specifically that I've been most impressed with, and honestly, the like the skip passes across the court to open shooters. He's been, he, he seems to have pretty good court vision, like he's a good basketball player in that way. And even just like the guy hanging on him, falling away, three pointers, just like he is once Embiid comes back from a, a shooting perspective, going to have one or two of those games where I mentioned, you know, nine of 13 or, you know, eight of 12 or one of those where he's really going to, light up the other team and that'll be good he's a a solid addition i'm sure we'll he'll make us want to drive screwdrivers into our heads during the playoffs as a player goes as he gets picked on and they go by him over and over and over again he does looks a little meaty you know Um, you want him you want him to be a little sturdier like bam kind of just backed him down from like 10 feet out just kept going and he was kind of just there's nothing i can do here and you want him to be a little bit more stand his ground some um but yeah, his on-ball stuff is is not going to be the problem. It's more going to be the falling asleep off-ball, being a little slow to rotate, not quite anticipating as much as you want. But you know, the whole team, like you know, we can talk about what the team is at the de- at the halfway point, basically, or at the break. Um, but they just got to do a better job of keeping guys in front of them, so that I mean, Joel cleans up a lot of mistakes, and and B-ball last night I thought was was great at protecting the rim. And doing a really good good job of of taking Nick Nurse's advice and getting them ex, extra possessions and and doing the hustle shit, but without Joel, like they're just not going to be a good defense. So they just can't give up such easy dribble penetration, so that you force help and then open threes and all the stuff and all that good stuff that we want to avoid. The there was a quote from Nick Nurse about Paul Reed. I think it was before the Heat game where he's just like, he, he basically called back all of the, the, you know, we want him to do extra stuff things. And he's basically like, we want him to do the things that he is good at. We want him to fight for rebounds. We want him to be active. I still, as I'm watching him, even when he has good games, I do miss the like reckless abandon that he was playing with last year. And he certainly, if you're a starter, I guess you can't do it quite as much when you're, you need to stay in the game, but just sort of like that aggressiveness, I'd love for him to notch up 20% from where it is. Yeah, I was arguing. So A, you wrote that great article about B-Ball where he's really become his number one defender Yeah, um, and getting mad at Nick Nurse for not you know, sitting him in a couple crunch times or going small instead of that going, you know, when Mobamba gets a little bit playable going with him instead. And AU is, you know, very upset. And he started texting me about it. And I was like, look, I love, I love B-ball, but he's just not a 36 minutes a night player. I 
love b-ball for you know 12 to 20 give me and, and when Embiid's out 24 that's great he can he can he can handle that play as hard as you fucking want for 24 minutes and then it gets a little bit you know a little jump shot a little uh a little i'm gonna cook from from the dribble drive situation a little bit like as eh, somebody else has it like i want him going 100 because b-ball at 100 is a really really good player b-ball at 70 is is not quite uh you know not quite the advantage that he is but i thought he played great last night getting offensive rebounds a couple finishes around the rim rebounding like crazy uh, protecting the paint i thought it was great before we get to the the all-star break stuff in general how are you feeling about maxi like the Maxi has not been great without Joel. Now Joel makes everything easier on everyone, but the spotlight is on him. And and by the way, should be if if the the question's going to be if he is going to be the other guy or whatever. How have you felt about his sort of ups and downs over the last couple of weeks as Embiid hasn't been in there? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going through it. You know, like he's this is the this is the journey of a guy that uh keeps taking a step up each year and keeps getting more put on his plate and this is the first year where he's like okay you're a point guard you have james harden like or james harden is gone go go do it all nobody else is coming to take the ball from you and he's working out which is when he's going to be penetrating and and finishing for himself and when he's going to be you know helping out others and distributing when he's going to be seeking out his shot when he's gonna, when it's t- time to go to the rim, time to get fouled, time to stop in the mid range, time to pull up from three. How many like, if the three's going in, how much step back are you going to? How to get other guys involved? Like it's just a lot of responsibility, responsibility. As he's also trying to not be a, a liability on the defensive end, and so without Joel, that stuff gets so much harder, so much harder. And so I like what I've seen from Maxi. I like that he has games where he struggles because that's what it's going to be like in the playoffs, whether it's with Joel or the you know couple minutes that Joel's going to sit. And I think ultimately those will make, a, make him a better player. I think Buddy makes his life a lot easier. This doesn't, n- nothing about the last three weeks has changed my opinion or evaluation of Maxi going forward. He's going to get a big fat contract with the Sixers this offseason. He's going to be here for a long time. Um, and I love him. But I, I do think the length of the season and now being kind of a little bit more on his own without Joel it wears on him. Like that's a, that is a heavy, heavy load, heavy responsibility in a, in a long season. The, the, the one thing that I've sort of noticed with him without Embiid, if I'm just going to give him another thing to work on because he has done such a good job of getting better at different things in the off season. He just, he just needs a little bit more, I think of an off the dribble bag, you know, like you've been, we've talked about his finishing has improved just, like it's gotten incredible. I do think that, you know, so much of what he uses to get by people is just point to point speed. And I do think he would benefit from, from that, from just like a little bit more standing there off the dribble, figuring out a a way to, to get by people. And also the, the idea of using his body and using space to, to get places. But I think that would be, it would be a, a, a step, I think, for him, for him as an offensive player for next year. Yeah, I would like, you know, I, the reason why you take a step back, and a lot of guys do it now, there was a play, in, there was a stretch in the Heat game last night where there was four straight step back threes in a row from 
two for either team. And it was like, man, the game has changed. That is really, everyone says the game has changed when it's threes, but like taking step back threes specifically is definitely more in the last maybe five years of basketball has, has become way, way more prevalent from not just James Harden basically or Steph Curry. Um, the reason why Maxi takes step back threes is to get space f- because he's small. He can right. get, he, so he can get his shot off from bigger guys. And so I would love for him to face up more and the threat of a pull up, the threat of a little bit, like give me a little bit more Chris Paul, like snaking the pick and roll, getting to the elbows kind of thing. Um, but the speed is such a weapon that it's hard for him to not use it. He's been hitting some more mid-range shots. He had a couple of really tough ones over the last few games, uh, baseline to baseline. And uh, But I agree. I think like that that hesitation, that a little bit more, I can go up with this. Because he's got the floater. He's, he does have a, nice, a really nice touch from the mid-range. I would love for him to use it to manipulate the defense and hesitation to draw another defender in so he can kick it out to you know a, a quick three-point shooter like you know buddy would obviously be great at that batum i think on the move would be great to like oh, if nick batum de- still on the sixers still I, there I still yeah, there okay. getting getting healthy everybody's getting right. nice and healthy nice, nice and good uh but just while occupying a defender occupying multiple defenders with the threat of the drive and stuff while keeping your dribble then allows other people to uh, get open looks out of it and and I, I would love to see that but yeah i think i think for sure, next step is continuing to evolve as an off the dribble player, as a you know isolation player. That's not just step back, step back, step back, blow by blow by blow by. Right. The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Briggs Auction. You love Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. A family owned and operated auction house in Delaware County has grown by like leaps and bounds ever since they came to the Ricky. Come on. Now I love Briggs Auction because. Basically, I love stuff I don't need. Uh, I love going through the auctions. and fi- Now, it's great for stuff you, you might need, furniture, clothing, you know, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. But I love the shit I don't need. I love the old radio station t-shirts, the sneakers I definitely don't need, the artwork I definitely don't need, but cool shit that I'm not going to find anywhere else. You can download the app, the Briggs Auction app, in Google Play or the App Store. It's time, however, for the CJ Briggs Auction item of the week or items of the week. What do you got CJ? Now there's one going on. If you're listening on the 15th or the 16th, there's an auction that closes the 16th, but then there's another estate auction that closes the 23rd. So which one is this from? This is from the 23rd. Okay. I have 10 items favorited oh. in, in my cart that wow. I'm looking at. I'm going to share one of them because this one's probably a little bit out of my budget. Okay. It's, it's topical. We got, this very nice espresso machine. Ooh. High bid is seven fifty. One of the ones that you see when you walk into a coffee shop, like the real deal. Oh. That I is looked, sick. I looked separately. This new ten thousand dollars. La Marzocco red uh Italian espresso. Dude, we gotta get together. Somebody started GoFundMe and get this for CJ. Yeah, and he can make us all espressos. We'll all come over to his apartment, and he'll yes. make us espressos. Yeah, this would change my life if I got this. Um, yeah, this is incredible. Surely one of you out there has has the beans to it's spend nice, on it's this. A nice color red too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll really pop. I, I I love this thing. I'm gonna spend a lot of hours looking at this. But it's, yeah, somebody seriously, somebody in the chat started GoFundMe, get the money and and bid it up and get buy it for CJ. Yeah, but there's plenty of other things on yeah. this auction. 
Yeah, the, the 16th auction and the 23rd auction, both with plenty of art, plenty of collectibles, plenty of furniture, plenty of clothing, and that's what Briggs Auction is. I would go in, check in every week to see what the auction is. Sometimes there's one auction a week, sometimes there's two auctions in a week. Pickup is very easy by appointment, or Saturdays is open pickup, or they can work with one of their trusted shippers and get it sent to you. If you have a very expensive espresso machine or a bunch of stuff to sell, uh, Briggs Auction is the place to go. You can't go anywhere else. Info at BriggsAuction.com is the email address. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. Now, before we get into our official all-star break, where the Sixers are conversation, we did mention- We got to talk about Ricky Council. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I did, got to talk about Ricky Council. Well, like. is he, is he going to just be like a player on the Sixers now? So they have two roster spots open after they sign Kyle Lowry off the buyout market. Kyle Lowry, yeah. who uh, will, will play after the All-Star break. Um, and they are, they, Daryl likes to keep his flexibility to see if there's another buyout guy that comes available. To see if they're, to see, yeah, if Nerlens wants to make his return, maybe. Yep. But, and they're also like pretty close to the tax, which they, if we remember, famously ducked. At the trade deadline. And so I think there's like some, whether they sign guys to 10 day contracts or whether they sign another guy to like a rest of season deal. Either way, Ricky Council's got to be on the, uh, the standard contract now. He is legitimately a rotation player. I did not see this coming as quickly as it has. Biggest issue for me, and I like, I like the guy, my, my nephew Austin is a big Arkansas fan for no reason at all and loves Ricky Council. And is this the Mike's nephew show? How many nephews Mike's, do you absolutely have? Absolutely, the Mike's Jesus nephew Christ. show. I got a bunch. Okay, okay. I got another one. The bar mitzvah that coming this weekend. So oh my! Three Christ nephews, God. three nephews, four nieces. Jesus, like, they're Christ. all they're all coming out. Uh, so Ricky, what I like about a player is they need to have when I'm evaluating when I want them when I'm in the draft or whatever is like they need to have one elite skill or they need to be like above average at everything. Okay. And I had not felt that Ricky was above average at enough things at the NBA level to do it, but he has the body. He has the like motor is the one of the biggest things that he has plus the athleticism. And he just has a kind of a funky almost like the the at the wing athlete version funky like b ball kind of touch. Yes, there's Dude, just like, like how did that like, go in? How did that go in? He's yeah. banking things straight off the backboard. It's coming off his hand weird, but he makes it work. He has a real, 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 real knack for getting fouled, and they trust him to like you know he's not an excellent dribbler, but a quick crossover and then like being strong and going at the rim. He'll get fouled on those. He'll get to the rim. And it's really been so cool to see when you think about all the wing players that the Sixers, guards and wings that the Sixers have had over the years, aside from Maxi, And you're like, God, I just want them to do something <laughs> like do something. And like the level of confidence that Ricky is playing with <laughs> to just like with, with these other guys on the floor. Now, obviously like a bunch of people are hurt and he's getting his opportunity, but like, you know, he's doing this with Ubre or Tobias or Maxi or healed on the floor. And he's, like shot clock's winding down. I got it. And I'm going to drive all the way in. Like it's been great to see. I love it. I really, truly love it. It absolutely takes the sting off of giving Springer to the Celtics who, who hasn't played yet. Um, but like 
A hundred percent. I don't care about a, a, an, a like Paul Millsap type that Daryl might sign because Nick Harris asked him to, to like fill the roster. Like Ricky Council needs to be on a contract now. I, I don't want to lose him for nothing this offseason because like we decided that fucking, I don't know. I was going to, I was trying to wade back into my memory for a, a random ass player. Channing Fry wants another contract. Like I'm not interested. Wow, like, poor Channing Fry catching a strike. He doesn't. Played in like you know, seven he's, years. He seems like a solid broadcaster, but right. not interested in him as our 14th <laughs> man at this point. Give it to Ricky Council. He's great. Yeah, he's been awesome. But he's the one sixer. If there's one sixer in my life that I've watched that is on the floor, having fallen down as much as Joel Embiid, it's Ricky Council. He ends up on the floor just about every play. But the absolute reckless abandon and aggression that he plays with is this sort of shit where other guys during the regular season are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Enough already. And and TJ used to have that when he picked guys up 94 feet, he told us Maxi always has it. And it's like before the game, before the, uh, I think you said this after the, uh, heat game, Maxi was like, fucking Ricky was working out too hard before the game. I'm like, buddy, you're playing 25 minutes a night tonight like you gotta you gotta relax and it's to imagine like maxi telling someone to relax when he's obviously has a crazy high motor and and practices all the time it's just like great win great undrafted free agent pickup and need i think the just even the for you know daryl traded papev daryl traded some like well-liked guys in the locker room i think for the spirit of the team in addition to the fact that he's just good and playing really good rotation minutes now and could be helpful in spurts over the rest of the season, even when other guys are come back healthy, like certainly be helpful in the coming years as you pay more guys, more money. Like once they're going to be paying Maxi a ton of money, they're going to be paying whether it's buddy healed or, you know, any of the uh, free agent star hunter types that we're imagining could get, get here. You're going to be depending on young players to be in the rotation and minimum guys. And you're not going to be as successful as you all the time as you were with Ubre at the minimum at Pat Bev at the minimum, like Ricky on the hinky special, like give me a four year, like bunch of options type of thing, like get him here, lock him in. And I think the spiritually for the team, he seems like very well liked as a kid in the locker room. Like it would feel great. Everybody would be so excited for him. He earned his way to a, to a roster spot. He should get a standard contract. I want it for him. We did mention this, but we got a, a voicemail about it to 833-LICKFACE. It's like Mike, CJ, Daryl, Abby, Sixers, Adam, Danny, everybody. Can we talk about how insane it is that Ricky Council's brother, his brothers are also, they're all named Ricky. Ricky the second, Ricky the third, Ricky the fourth. Their father's name is Ricky. What fucking psychopath named his three sons? Him and his mother. Who 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 does that? Ricky, Ricky, and Ricky. Like, what the fuck is that? It is amazing. What do you he think was, they called them in the house to make sure that you're calling the right person? I was thinking that maybe like a deuce tray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. Yeah. Uh, truly, a player named for this podcast. Um, thank you to his parents for doing that. Not necessarily the strategy I would use for naming children. <laughs> Um, I don't think it makes much sense. Uh, I haven't talked about it because I do think it is so stupid. Um, but I do like him. I like him. I like the guy.
Yeah, I like, like how he plays. Too. So, yeah. uh, so we 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 like it. And there's uh, something nice about the fourth. There's some, something very esteemed about calling someone the fourth. I um, I love that yeah. we have wing b-ball Paul. Like that yeah. is it's just it's yeah. And uh, the, and it's been it's been nice. Like the look, the, they haven't been good. They've been falling in the standings. Guys are hurt. They're just trying to scrape together whatever they can. That that uh, that Cavs win was awesome. Him hitting those free throws at the end of the Cavs game was sick. B-ball getting the block. The on, block was incredible. Donovan Mitchell was awesome. I can't believe that that uh, Darius Garland shot didn't go in. Mo Bamba was so happy for B ball. I don't know yeah, if you I watched that. that. Yeah, I did love that. Mo yeah. Bamba, by the way, changed his number to five, so he is Bamba, Bamba number, number five. five. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Killer Cal. Thank you, Chuck Klosterman. Um, <laughs> the thank uh, <laughs> you, Chuck Klosterman. The yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> what a deep cut. Th- they just have wing athletes now like obviously kj martin is a guy that i like but don't think he's ever going to shoot enough at, at the nba level to really be a, a legitimate player um but like his athleticism and cutting instincts kelly Oubre's athleticism and cutting instincts now ricky council like there's just a lot of guys that are fucking barreling in there and getting shit it's really cool to see after years of uh nobody on the sixers being able to jump jump we did get an Oubre call um to 833 Lickface. You mentioned Ubre. This is Jackson, New Jersey. I just wanted to call for the purposes of hopefully bringing up next podcast that YOLO Kelly Ubre three with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter that yes, brought them up by ten, but was perhaps the the most ill advised shot I I've ever seen the Sixers <laughs> In general, in my history of watching them, I've never seen a shot more ill-advised than that YOLO three with less than two minutes to go. The man, the man can't be stopped by his own ambition to just be that guy. I, I, I love him and I hate him. Never do that again, Tony. Never do it again. That was kind of, kind of won the game. So it's like, I don't know what to do. Last thing, when I saw that shot, my first shot, my first thought was, man, Spike's, like, dildo hip just shivered in disgust. Like, (laughs) it was crazy. It was the craziest shot. All right, bye. I guess. He does that, like, three times a game or five No, that one one was special. That was, like... There was a minute left. You want to run some clock. You're up seven. Things are feeling good. And he just pulled right up straight away three. And uh, really one of the most ill-advised shots known to man. But (laughs) like, there's a lot of things in basketball where it's like, if you're going to take this shot, you better fucking make it. Like, and it was a, you better fucking make it shot. And it went in and they ended up coughing up the game a little bit and needing that three to save them. Um, but yeah, he's, he won't let his own ambition get in the way of how much ambition he has to do Kelly Oubre stuff. Uh, like he truly can't be stopped. It's a great, that was a great voicemail, but I love, I think I, I'm not going to quit. He shouldn't be playing 41 minutes. Everyone in the Sixers is hurt and he's playing 41 minutes a game. Of course he's going to take that shot. Yeah, he's a rough watch, man. He's like, you're going to make me defend for 41 minutes. You're not going to let me take a, take this shot. It's a Nick Young type shot and went in. Thank you. I love, I really love and appreciate how, how hard he plays. It's great. Kelly Oubre we're talking about now. Kelly Oubre plays his ass off. He's, he's, he slides his feet, he's switching, he's blocking shots, he's kissing the crowd. 
Look, I'm he's, I'm in a he's driving in. I'm in a positive mindset this season, so I'm not just gonna like bury him. But in previous seasons, like you know, I've had uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy that came? Who are the the two Euro white guys that everybody loved that year that we got? Ilyasova and Bellinelli. Bellinelli. So Bellinelli was just on my list of can't fucking stand this guy. Then Reddick was on my list of can't fucking stand this guy. Of course, Ben. I'm not going to let Ubre go there because I'm a different person. I'm older. I'm just I'm more positive. But if this were a younger spike, a more fiery spike, I would want to throw that guy off the the out of fucking window. Honestly, he is figuratively. He is himself. Yeah, he sure and is. And that is all you can ask some people sometimes. He's not going to do anything other than be himself. And for the minimum on a team where so many guys have been hurt, he's come back from a car accident to play mm. a ton of minutes and help them sometimes keep their head above water. And they're 10 games up over the over uh, 500 at the All-Star break. And I mean, he's he's... Definitely, he's way outplayed the contract. He could go over the rest of the season. He's outplayed that contract, um, cool. and he's and he's going to be one of the you know two best you know seventh or eighth guys on this team once everybody's healthy. Before we get to the All Star break, I wanted to bring this up. When we hired uh, Dan Olinger, our writer, does a great job. Writes the Danny at writesrickysanchez dot com. Go to the website, subscribe so you can get the Danny into your email box. We issued the challenge that he had to make 35 of 50 free throws on video or he would be fired. It was supposed to happen the all-star break. He has not done it yet. I would like to set a, is it a leap? How many days are in February this year? Is it 28 it is a, or 20? It is a, it's a 29, 29 this year. I'm giving him until February 29th. And if wow. he, if we don't have the video in hand by this February a, 29th. This is a black history month demand. Yeah, he is he is fired. Wow. Black History Month, man. That's it. You have until the end. You have until the end of it, Dan. Yeah, Dan. You have until the end. Just just letting you know. Now, this is good. This will get us into it. At the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We love him. A a trusted partner, big partner of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mike, did you know that the Sixers, you can bet on the, the app, whether a team is going to be in the play-in or not, the Sixers are minus 215 to be in the play-in. Mm. That's not great. No, it's not. The Bulls are minus 750. The Hawks are minus 425. The Sixers are minus 215. The Pacers are minus 105. So the Sixers, a more likely, per the odds of DraftKings Sportsbook, to be in the play-in than the Pacers. Don't want to be in the play-in. Don't want to be in the plan. Don't like that at all. Would really rather not, yeah. Yeah. So not great, I would say. The DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Currently, six are still, or the Celtics still title favorites at plus 260. The Nuggets at plus 475. If I could give you any hint, leaving at home, bet the Nuggets, bet the Nuggets, bet the Nuggets. They're the only non-fraudulent team in the NBA right now or a very low fraudulent, you know, possibility. Clippers, fraudulent. Bucks, fraudulent. Celtics, fraudulent. Suns, fraudulent. So would just like to throw it out there that I think that's a pretty good bet. Plus 475. Um, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, deposit $5 or more, get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
That's for new customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code RTRS. New customers get a no sweat bet up to a thousand bucks. If your first bet loses, only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Got to be twenty one. See show notes for details. So here we are at the All Star break. Sixers currently the five seed. They're three games out of the play in over the. The uh, the Heat, the Heat are 30 and 25. Sixers are 32 and 22. Mm-hmm. Also three games out of the three seed, fair dimension. Uh, point differential once was, what, 15 is now down to 4.6. Yeah. The, the, the team that they are with Embiid, the numbers is, are crazy good. Yes. The team they are with Adam is obviously very bad. So I guess my first question, I think I know the answer to this, is... Assuming Joel comes back, assuming Joel is Joel, do you think that the roster around him currently is like a finals roster? Is this is this the the best roster with Embiid healthy, top to bottom? Is this the best roster that Embiid has had of the process here? I think it makes the most sense. I think it is the most Embiid optimizable roster. I still think that that series the jimmy butler uh sixers maybe on the top end was better but joel's obviously better than he was then um and that team had very very little depth and no backup center greg monroe we will remember so rest i like the, rest in peace greg monroe. <laughs> poor guy it wasn't his fault they picked him up he was just, they signed him off the couch and he just started he started a playoff game crazy stuff uh the team really will be good. I'm very excited about it, but what Buddy Hield looks like around Joel. I'm excited for Kyle Lowry to get in there. I think if you, you know, say Covington, I would love for Covington to be healthy because I really think at like, you know, 16, 18 minutes a game, he, he's going to be really helpful in this team. But like the top 10 of this team is really good, man. Really good. And it makes a lot of sense and it fits. And there's, there's ball movers, there's unselfish guys, there's a ton of guys that can shoot, there's enough defense. Like nobody's crazy exploitable. You can, if somebody's cold, you can sub them out easily. There's a ton of different finishing lineups that you can go to. It's just like, it really, really makes a lot of sense. And I do think that if, if things work out right health wise, that this team could contend for a title, obviously 98% of the health wise stuff is just Joel. Right. Um, But I think he's going to be at least, I think he's going to be when he gets back about the same as he was in previous playoffs, maybe a little bit better as a passer. Um, and we'll see how, how much he can like move and stuff, but it really is going to come down to like a playoff road. And, and you start to look at this now that there's only 30 games left or so you start to look at everybody's path. And yeah. If the Sixers can get to six, I feel like we've done that before though. Right. Yeah. I no, mean, I know. The no, path. I know. And it's even, fun to just imagine it even, even, and yeah, we talk about it. It's just like, we got the, the path, and yeah, we, we lost in the second round to the yes, Hawks. Sure. And, and then I even remember, you know, being at work last year when the Knicks beat the Cavs. I remember Knicks fans being like, and the Heat beat the Bucks. They're like, the Bucks are out. We have the path. And yeah. then, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, yeah. I'm not to path isn't a guarantee. No, no, path yeah. is far from a guarantee. But if you could pick it out. And again, I would really love, I hate people like, I hate teams losing on purpose so that, like towards the end of the season so that like they can duck things or they can like sit guys. I really think that it should be a, 
a system of if you're the one seed in the East, you get to choose. You're the you get the first choice at your opponent, and then your second seed you get to choose it. I think that a a cool televised event, and b would would eliminate some of the similar like bullshit avoiding ducking certain teams that get healthy at the right time practices that happen towards the end of the year, which I think is really bad for the game and kind of pathetic. Also create, potentially create some sick rivalries. Rival, sick rivalries would be yeah. so cool. It's like, we, we want of oh, the Celtics decide that they want the heat in the first round. Like that would be, yeah. that would be cool. That'd be a cool thing to see. Anyway. Um, so if we could block it out, if the Sixers stay at, stay at six, cause I do think the Pacers will probably pass them over the next couple of weeks. They're two <laughs> games back. Then, then you get one of the Cavs or the Bucks in the first round. Bring I'm fine with that. Rivers. Bring I'm, me fi- I'm fine Rivers. with either of those matchups. I think it would be a very, very fun not not in, not in, not an easy matchup in either direction. The Cavs have been winning a ton of games, and, and the Bucks have one of the best players in the league. Um, I would love to see a Sixers Bucks Doc Rivers matchup would be insane. Um, and then you get the other one of the, that team in the second round, or or the Heat if they if they come out of the play-in and then you get like Knicks Celtics in the, on the opposite side. I would love that. Hey, I would love to watch Knicks Celtics. That would be a fucking battle. They would beat the hell out of each other. And whoever comes out of that, the Knicks have been excellent since they got Ananobi. Whoever comes out of that would be formidable. Not no guarantees, but I just feel like sick with a healthy MB, healthy Embiid, Sixers bucks or Sixers calves. I feel good about those things to finally advance to a goddamn conference finals and then get whatever is whoever is still alive from Celtics Knicks and whatever limbs are still attached. You know, I think this team has a real shot. I'm going to end up regretting this. Here we go. Well, first of all, I, I want doc. I just, I don't care if it's in the first round or second round. We need the Sixers, but we have not had a Sixers bucks playoff series no. in the Embiid and Giannis era. We need it yeah. to happen. We've been, and, I've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. And with Doc, the fucking coach, just either the 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 biggest best series in the history of this podcast, or by far the worst series in the history of this podcast, one or the yeah. other. Yeah. There's the no Knicks, it hasn't been Sixers Knicks either. No, it has not. Then that brings me to this. Now that the Knicks have have had some injuries like the Sixers had and have lost, you know, a few in the row here. And Anobi's been out. Randall Randall's injury is weird. They haven't really said when he's going to come back. Who knows when he's going to be back, but the Knicks are a good regular season team. They would be tough to play in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it in the playoffs. I have just seen too many Tibbs teams like this with the guard who just fucking, he grinds into pieces during the regular season and they try so much harder than everyone else. And a good team to be a fan of. I have... But I just truly watch them. And with as much as Randall has collapsed in the playoffs before and as much as they depend on Brunson, I just think they're going to have too much trouble scoring points during the, the playoffs. And I think when everybody's trying as hard as they are, bring us the Knicks. Bring us the fucking Bucks. Bring us the Knicks. Um, you know, as, as, go- as good as the Eastern Conference is, there's no one in the Eastern Conference that I think is like terrifying. You know, so, um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I like the Knicks team. I think that I, I agree with you about Tibbs grinding Brunson into dust and trying. He just works so hard every absolutely, game. Absolutely. I think that the, the bogey acquisition was solid. I think getting RJ Barrett out of there is huge yep. to just have more shooting and less playing with the ball. 
And they have a bunch of guys out there that just defend their ass off. And there's all their playoff games are going to be like 96, 91. Like all of them are going to be physical and torturous. And I'm excited to watch it. Um, I would rather them uh, hoping that the Sixers can get to the conference finals for the, uh, you know, Lucy and the football style time that we do this every, every podcast every year. I would rather if I'm thinking about who I want on the other side of that bracket to come in, I would rather one of Nick Celtics be on the other side of the bracket and us having, having faced also a tough matchup in Giannis, obviously. Um, and, and I think just from a basketball perspective, I would love to watch that Sixers Bucks matchup because it's such, so different. And from a, and from a doc, doc perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I'd also, and you haven't mentioned this, I think the, obviously the other big question with them in the playoffs is Maxi. you know, is where Maxi is. I think if I were to bet he is still a year or two away from where, where he will be, where we would want him in this particular situation, all that said, this is where they are and this is the time and it'll be interesting to see where he is. So they are... 32 yeah. oh go ahead i'm sorry no you just i, I to that point I, I don't disagree that like he's going to take he and he took some last year some playoff lumps in boston mm-hmm. sort of got overwhelmed by their size and and ability to keep up with him Derek white marcus smart who's now no longer there but drew holiday similar deal um even tatum and brown sometimes covered him like that's a, those are, those are hard guys to score against and that's the stuff he's got to learn from and grow from and fail at and then overcome um but you just don't know when it's the year, you know, yeah, you just don't sure. know when it's like, you know, and beats ho- hopefully going to be back and healthy and playing all of his thing, whatever. Um, and maybe next year, maybe Daryl's right. And one of those guys, one of the star hunter guy guys come and it becomes such a beautiful cap space free agency moment for us all, which is the bed he has made. And that, would be such a victory for him if, if, if any of those things come to fruition and it's Maxi Embiid and whoever that guy is. Uh, and then, and then there's, and then the windows open until for as long as Joel can be alive, but it might just be this year. This might just be it. Maybe somebody gets better in the next year. Maybe some a trade happens and, and because Boston is very, very good, but they're not invincible. No, as currently constructed. No, they're, although I did really, obviously I like the Jaden Springer pickup for them, and I really like the Xavier Tillman pickup for them, who I, I like very much. I hate how well-run Boston is. And I don't hate the Knicks as much as I hate the Celtics, just because we haven't had an opportunity to hate them as much. But the Knicks are also becoming a pretty well-run franchise also, which is which is startling. Because there used to be way more like dumb franchises. Now there's just a couple, and those the couple are really dumb. The Pistons being one of them. Um, the Hornets. Sure being another one like there's a bunch of well the, still the hornets ones. were the, now the hornets have new ownership and who knows what the hornets do in the next several years but the hornets obviously historically the Lakers were dumb for a long time and they mm-hmm. have they flirt with being dumb they occasionally get dumb again but it seems like there's a lot for the most part teams are a lot smarter than they used to be so the sixers as i mentioned are 32 and 22 so they have 28 games left how many of the 28 do you think they win? Let's say Embiid plays the last six games or something. You know, five I think it'll games. be more than that. I would, I would really? say more. Yeah. Well, that would be... So that would be... If he comes back mid-March, he'll play like... There's like probably 10 games left from mid-March. Let me see. So we got... 
I love the part of the pod where we look at the schedule. Here we go. Yeah. There's a little road trip. There's a little West Coast road trip in, in March, obviously, which we're going to... Fly the process. Uh, fly the process. Right. RickySanchez.com slash fly. So yeah, and, I'm thinking like those... Well, yeah. So maybe... I was. I think he'll come back earlier and then like miss a game or two within that. So maybe maybe it ends up being six games. But I think yeah. he'll come back with maybe like ten games to go or something like okay. that. Okay. So a couple. Yeah, that's fair. So, of the twenty eight games, what do you think they're like? What do you? What would make you happy? That all that being said, anything, anything to avoid the plan. If they're the sixth seed, which I would be happy for them to be, then I'm then I'm thrilled. It's which is going to be tricky. Like they have a tough schedule. March is really, really, really hard. They're going to have to go 16 and 12. I mean, that, that puts them at 48 wins. And I think at that point, you're pretty safely out of the plan. But the, the, they're not going to be able to go, you know, 13 and 15, I don't think, and avoid the plan. Yeah. I mean, three games, four games out of the, out of the all-star break, Knicks, Cavs, Bucks, Celtics. And then it's intermittently tough for a while, intermittently easy and tough for a while, not too bad. But then there's a real tough stretch towards the mid to end of March where it's Heat, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Clippers, Cavs, Raptors, Thunder, Heat, and that stuff. And then, and then it's easy towards the end. You get uh, Grizzlies, Spurs, Pistons, Magic, Nets, the last five games of the season. Um, so those some reprieve, but those are going to be a lot of like Eastern Conference foes and then playing out West without Joel that you're going to need to at least win, take some of so that you can, uh, you can escape the, the plan. Not that, not that the plan would be the worst thing in the world. Like if they have, it's like, say it's a seven, eight of Sixers magic. Should be fine. Should be able to win that game with Joel healthy, but dicey one game, one game is dicey. Yep. One game is dicey. Remember game sevens? We played in some of those. How they worked go. out? How they go? Not so good. Yeah, so mostly. Fun. Yeah, the rights to re- now. Before now, we're going to bring back a very popular segment of the podcast in one second that has not been on it in a few weeks now. But something happened that makes us bring back this section of the podcast. The rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Where writes to Ricky Sanchez, listeners go and get engaged. We we got an email from a guy. The subject line was, I got engaged to an Alyssa. His name was Ian. And he said, over the weekend, I proposed to my now fiance, Alyssa. I'm a longtime Ricky listener, and it would mean a lot for a shout out on the pod. I'm sorry, but my mom has worked in, in the jewelry business for 30 years. Otherwise, I would have went to LL. What the fuck is that? that banned. Banned. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ian. There's your shout out. It, never again. You're fucking banned, man. Uh, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, whether your mom works in jewelry or not, is where you have to go to get your engagement ring. Over 380 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have gone to L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. They all experience amazing customer service. Just just one-to-one, truly like you're dealing with a friend who you're going to give a lot of money to for a ring, which is not usually a friend relationship, but L.L. makes it that way. One-to-one low pressure you've even it's a little scary to go into a jewelry store the the what's it called the salespeople jump all over you not with ll that's not how he wants it to be he wants everybody to make an appointment so you don't have that he wants to know everything that you need that you want and he will take care of it he will have everything ready for you and then once you've purchased that ring from ll then you just have you you got a jeweler you got a guy 
it's always good to have a guy. You know, Valentine's Day just passed. You need a Valentine's Day gift. You call LL. Birthday, call LL. Anniversary, call LL. Has been a trusted sponsor of the Ricky for a long time. The first sponsor of the Ricky is going on Fly the Process. We are thrilled that LL Pavorsky is a sponsor of the Ricky. If you want to make an appointment, give him a call. 215-627-2252. Shoot him an email, lee at llpavorsky.com, or just tweet at him or exit him, post at him, whatever it's called now, at llpavorsky. The store right there at 707 Walnut, where it's been for a few decades. LL Pavorsky, a, a, a supporter of our charities, Providence Animal Center and Mama T's Community Fridge, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Legally, Jake and Missy's names are LL the second and LL the third. <laughs> Well, we're bringing it back. We might not be for a while again after this, but here it is. We are star hunting for a star. That's how you win a championship. Star hunting. That's right. Star hunting. Now we are post trade deadline, but it is star hunting. So Woj goes with a story at ESPN.com. Headline sources: Warriors made bid for LeBron James at trade deadline, but. Several paragraphs into the story, this is how it reads. Dunleavy was the second team executive to call Palenka on a possible James trade, the sources said. Of course, somebody called first. After seeing James's cryptic social media post of an hourglass a week before the trade deadline, Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, called Palenka to probe on a James trade and was immediately told that James wasn't available. In fact, Palinka responded by asking Maury if Joel Embiid was available, sources said. <laughs> and that ended that brief conversation. These sorts of bold trade calls are historically a common practice for Maury, who also called the Phoenix Suns and asked about the availability of Durant, only to be told Durant was not available, sources <laughs> said. He also asked about Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. So here we are. So. But- well, go ahead. So I love that Daryl does this because even if there's only a 1% chance, you're never going to know if you don't call. He's probably the most annoying person to get a call <laughs> so, from. So annoying. Like he, he is the the guy in your fantasy football league who calls you and offers you a shitty player for a good player constantly. Everybody's everybody's making the fantasy football argument uh, analogy, yeah. but I think it's more like he's the like weird kid at like elementary school who's walking around with his like pear and being like, anybody tra- trade me for this fucking pear? How about your sandwich and snack pack? And it's like, just get Daryl, come fucking sit in the, at the pear table. It's uh, really funny. It really takes can't hurt can't hurt to try to it to a sure. new length. He's got nothing else to do, right? This is I his mean, whole job. I I do think that. This type of personality quirk is maybe why some people don't like dealing with him. Well, I like it. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So you're, you're just going to shake your head and say that he didn't think about it this far along. But I was thinking about it. I was talking about it with Ike and Jack. And here's my question. LeBron aside, I don't want any part of LeBron. But let's say he had called Phoenix. And maybe he, maybe you're just going to tell me he didn't think about it this far. But... But this is my question. He calls Phoenix and he's asking about Kevin Durant. And then he asks about Devin Booker. He must expect if the answer is yes, we'll talk to you. Then that conversation includes Tyrese Maxey. Right? Because he's not offering Tobias Harris and two first round picks for, for Devin Booker. 
Well, three right? first. What about three first? Rounds? Three first. Still, still probably no. What about a couple of pick swaps? I, I do wonder if his brain went that far ahead. Now, obviously, I don't want to trade Maxi either. If you can get Devin Booker, you fucking make the deal. But I wonder if he thought that far ahead as to what the response would be. Obviously, Polinka was like, go fuck yourself. But I want, I do wonder how far ahead he thought. Here is my slightly different feeling on that. Okay. He makes the call, maybe knowing that it's going to piss people off, but also maybe knowing that this is going to get reported Mm-hmm. And then that these superstars know that he will hear that yeah. he they are pine, being pined after. That's not a bad bad thought. Yeah, that's that's my thought. Hmm. Um, that's possible. As far as Maxi, yeah, maybe I'm, you'd trade Maxi for Booker for sure. But uh, I'm not suggesting. I don't think that that was. I don't think that that's that's in Daryl's mind. There, I think he's saying like, "Hey, do you want to uh, punt the season and <laughs> we'll take some of our picks?" We'll uh, we'll go win a championship with your guy. <laughs> I'll eat the sandwich in front of your girl. Uh, you can have my pair. You name right. all your kids, Daryl. Name all your kids, Daryl. Yeah. yeah. So, in, in other front office news, this sort of quietly happened, and I think Daryl may have alluded to the possibility of this happening when he was on the pod. By the way, isn't it time to have a post trade deadline pod with him, or do we not want to do it? We usually do one of those with him. Yeah, we could probably get him back. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone has his number, it can contact Daryl. We'd love to get him back for a post-trade deadline. Have conversation. the conversation. It's a really, it's a twice a year Daryl podcast. Yeah, really what we've we've gotten down to. We should, we didn't him. say this, but um, Eldon Brand named in the that's what's going to that's the next one in, yeah. the, in the Charlotte Hornets uh, GM search. Yeah, after they relieved Mitch Kupchak of his duties, man, Mitch Kupchak just going to keep failing up. Yeah, just keep failing up. Has never done really anything good. But he keeps getting chances, and then people go like, he wasn't as good as I thought he would be. Well, what gave you that impression? Uh, But Elton said no. Elton said he's staying. Per Keith Pompey, despite being listed as a leading candidate for the Charlotte Hornets head of basketball operations, Elton Brand does not intend to pursue the opportunity, according to a league source probably Elton Brand. The 76ers GM sent a long-term extension with the organization around the holidays and is committed to Philadelphia. He's focused on getting the Sixers in the best position for a playoff run. I've said this many times and not just because he came to a live pod three days after he got hired and we told a normal caller's joke and he got sort of (laughs) mad, but he stayed there anyway. I don't, this is not why I'm saying this. I do genuinely feel like he is an incredible asset for the Sixers. I think he's smart. I think he, I think people like him, which is important in that job. You know, people around the league like him, but he's smart and he's an asset and they have a good front office in part because Elton is there. I'm glad that Elton is still here and I'm glad that he's not, you know, that he, he didn't take the Hornets job and I think they're better for having him. And I know- And Daryl always says great things about Elton. Yeah. And it's hard to find anybody who, who, unless you- tweet something about him, but it's hard to find anybody who doesn't say great things about Elton. And it should be noted that, and he said this when he was with us, that before he was even the Sixers, you know, GM, that the Hawks had offered him a job years ago. The only thing that I ever hear back when I say that he is good at his job and he's an asset is like, didn't he trade for Tobias and didn't he trade Jimmy and blah, 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 blah. So And, the f- and Max Tobias. And Max Tobias. And I have two answers to that question. The first answer is, is far more complicated than that. 
they were team GM at the time. And if in the brief time post, you know, before Daryl, when Elton was elevated, you remember that, that quick moment before Daryl, they had fired everybody else. They had fired Alex Rucker and gotten rid of everybody else in the front office. It was not just Elton. But the second thing is, you go find me an executive that hasn't fucked up. You know, like we all celebrate Howie Roseman. He gave fucking Carson Wentz a giant contract. Like there are, he, he, even in the worst light, he got that job in a very strange situation, timing wise, and even in the timing of his career. So even if he was 100% responsible, he can still be a smart person and he can still be good at his job just because he fucked that up. But all that said, I do not, I do not put those decisions strictly at his feet. I think that is a, a much bigger, unfortunately, much more complicated, bigger situation than just Elton. Yeah, for me, it's less about that everybody fucks up because obviously everybody does, but Elton has not had the, usually when you have a track record of like, making the right decisions and then fucking up sure then you can excuse it and elton had, just hadn't had ha, hasn't been around that long doing this job um but it's more about the the poor organizational process sure from ownership on down yeah. that defined the post burner gate pre daryl era of this team and yeah i mean trading for jimmy and trading for tobias and then letting jimmy walk and signing tobias to everything or not telling Jimmy Walk, trading him to the only place that they could trade him, which was to Miami for Josh Richardson, was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. And there's a lot of... Uh, By the way, he didn't want to stay for what it's worth. Like Jimmy Butler had no... Like, whatever it was, it was poorly yeah. handled. Whatever it was. there's Everybody's got a different story about who yeah. wanted that, who didn't want that, what minority owner wanted that, who what assistant GM pushed for that, how Tobias Harris, how convincing Tobias Harris's dad is, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Everybody's got a different story. Ultimately, it falls on the owners, and it was a mistake. And if you're going to trade for Jimmy and Tobias when they're both expiring, don't sign the worst one. Even, even that whole process of hiring... Elton, the finalists were like the four guys in the front office, including Elton. Yeah. So, and then they hired and him. Like, and then like Danny Ferry, who's always, yes. always a bridesmaid on uh, the Sixers GM jobs. And then they hired him and everybody else is still there. So it was like, it was a, just a disgusting, I Very think. Bizarre. Yeah. So before we go, um, we I also did, want to mention. I want oh, yeah. to mention the the fanatics MLB jerseys situation because our friend Michael Rubin. Just I just want to say it like everybody just like treating him like he's the guy and 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 the product sucks and everybody hates it and they're like, but he's so convincing and all of his all of his parties are literal movies and it sucks and I'm it's just the the the. The bubbling of of everybody saying it at once, I hope I hope reaches a boiling point, and nobody goes to his party next year. Oh, people are going to go to his party. <laughs> I have bad news for what you. What a loser! Yeah, I have bad him news. all those pictures at the Super Bowl. Ugh, gives me the fucking skeevies. I get skeevies. But if he keeps having parties, we'll keep getting videos we can play. And sure. from a content perspective, it is sure. a ten out of ten. Sure. So. Before we leave, there's one mailbag, and I haven't read it because I think it's better if I don't read it. 
until I read it live on the pod. We've had a regular emailer. I would say he emails once a year, Chip Mitchell, and his emails are always very, very long. And I wish you could see them as I read them because there are, and I'll try to do it as I read it, but there are, like in, in every other sentence, there's a word or two that are all caps. And I'm trying to express what he's trying to express. So here we go. Chip Mitchell email. They're always amazing. Dear Spike and Mike, I'm writing sirs with a dilemma and yours is the only podcast that can address it. I will make this message brief because my girlfriend Gloria says I talk too much and I need to become a better person. My friend Jake Beach has asked me to dog sit his dog, Dennis. Over the years, Jake Beach has done many things for me. When I had my appendix removed, he brought me pizza in the hospital. When I lost my car keys, he let me borrow his scooter. One time, he helped me build shelves. So I think I have to say yes. And Dennis is a perfectly nice dog, friendly, etc. The problem is that he has a human penis. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. The problem, the problem is that he has a human penis. I'm sorry, sirs. I know this is a family podcast, but I don't know how else to describe it. Dennis is a normal dog, but dangling from his undercarriage is what can only be described as a human male penis. I'm sorry again. I don't know what I can say to make it better. I don't look on purpose. Dennis is a large, short-haired dog. He is affectionate and playful. All of this, these things make the situation worse. When you take Dennis we a, for a- We should always give a warning before this. That it, but this I didn't know really it was going to be like this. No, 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 not, not this kind of- Talk oh. about penis, I don't care. But, okay. but for the people that have not heard this oh, email, yeah. this guy's been emailing for- Years. Most of the podcast. Yeah. It's always random shit. <laughs> Spike always reads it, and then he cracks himself up doing it. It is people like the one, of the one of the traditions of this yeah. podcast that we have. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Continue. And if you're an hour seven in, but it is a good, dis, a good disclaimer for anybody that is new. Okay. When you take Dennis for a walk, people will point or gasp or sometimes approach and go, what is wrong with your dog? It's not my dog. You say, I don't know. He has a veterinarian looked at that thing. Again, you say, I don't know. I'm just walking him. Was he bred that way? They seem to be implying something. Please stop. You say, please stop asking me about the dog's penis. Let's go. You say to Dennis. Sometimes you feel sad for Dennis, but you don't know how to express it. Jake Beach wants to leave Dennis for me with me for 11 days so he can go fishing with his friend Marty. That's a long time. I don't like it when Dennis is out of my sight for too long because I don't like the idea of him roaming the house with his human penis. <laughs> so I will probably have to work from home. The bigger problem is that I'm having a dinner party, which will include my boss. When you have a dinner party, you want the guests to relax and eat comfortably and not spend the whole time asking you why that dog has a human penis. I think my boss will find it upsetting and it will make him question whether I am still considered a valued employee. He and his wife will drive home later in silence. Left in a locked room, Dennis will bark. You probably think I should just make a joke about it and move on. That is what Mike will say. But that, is, but that won't work. I don't know how to explain, sirs, but there's just something that isn't funny at all. Maybe it's because it is circumcised. I'm sorry again. 
I would like to know what to do in this terrible situation. I'm also sorry I don't have a non-basketball question. Can you ask CJ what he thinks? CJ is a problem solver. And Daryl, might as well ask him if he's there. He has a nice voice. Sorry again. My respect to you and your families and some of the other people you know. And along with that respect, sirs, allow me to convey my humblest gratitude as your servant in most things, Chip Mitchell. And some of the other people you know. Yeah. CJ, do you have any any ideas for Dennis and his human penis? Yeah, well, I'm honored to be mentioned by Chip Mitchell. I think it's the first time. My, my yeah. first mention, yep. which, is, which is big for me. Yep. Uh, he said I'm a problem solver. I don't really think this is a problem. All dogs are great. Let yeah. the dog rock. Yeah. I, I think the same thing. I mean, I can understand around the house is jumping on everything. Having a the human penis is, is a little extreme, but... One of the main rules of comedy <laughs> is once you introduce the phrase human penis to an email, you have to repeat it as many times as possible to really <laughs> let it sink in. <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Thank you, always. Chip. And speaking of dogs, this last thing on the pod, I've mentioned it last time. I'm going to do it again. I put it in the newsletter. We've been fostering, and today is his last day at the the house, fostering this dog named Kirby. Kirby is such a good boy. My wife works at a shelter near me called St. Hubert's, and she has begun to bring home these dogs that we think may get along with Rebels so we can give them a break from the shelter. And Kirby was very nervous at the shelter, and she was like, he needs to come home. So after about a day of being nervous here, he now, he and Rebel like run the house like a fucking gang and they refuse to be walked separately. Uh, but Kirby is a incredibly good boy. He's two years old, hound mix, 40 pounds, um, is house trained and, and all that kind of stuff and a really good boy. And if you adopt him, he is available from St. Hubert's. Shoot me an email or something, uh, spike at rightsrickysanchez.com, but I will get him a big barker. He loves his big barker here. He's been sleeping on Rebel's extra one. Um, he, When I wake up at 4.15 and go downstairs with Rebel, he comes barreling downstairs just because he doesn't want to miss out on the farm, but a very good boy. And if you're looking for a dog, a Kirby would be an amazing one. That's all I got. Um we got Maxie in the All-Star game. Yes, kind of nice. I think Nick Nurse is Nick Nurse is going there to support Maxie, is what I read. Nick cool. Nurse will be at the All-Star game in Indianapolis. The, Watching Doc Rivers coach. Well-earned. Yep. Well-earned honor. And for no our friend of, Doc, who is certainly going to give up his check for yeah. that. Adrian Griffin. Happy to receive the Venmo or... Maybe a Zell situation. I'm sure Doc is going to be app. on top of that. You know, the All-Star Game is in Indianapolis, and we did have a uh, fly the process to Indianapolis, and I've been there two other times. And no offense to Indianapolis, but it's the worst city I've ever been to. Um, worst, like, real city I've ever been to. It's, it's not, it's clean, and the people are nice, but it is... You know how every town has two malls, the good mall and then like the bad mall? It's it's like the bad mall. There's no good stores. Um, there There's an Aeropostale in there, and that's really the only store you could really get anything in. Judging Indianapolis on a mall? <laughs> no, I'm saying the city is the mall. The city is the mall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, not a, it's not a good city to have a all-star game in. It's just, is not a good city for anything. It's only a good city for going there for New Year's Eve with, Teach well, beautiful, college. beautiful this time of year. I mm-hmm. uh, got a lot of, going to get a lot of good, good, good stuff probably out yeah. there. <laughs> Have a blast, everybody. 
And I hope Maxi does some cool in the All Star game. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's gonna be. He's gonna have a good time. He's such a magnetic personality. Dunk it. Dunk him. on somebody or dunk hurt somebody. It. Yeah. <laughs> Take a charge. Take a charge. <laughs> we will talk to you Sunday. Sunday. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.